Okay. I, I, I record almost everything, and then I kind of do a, a best of the week every week. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's And cool. it's even better when I get to talk to comedians like you, because it kind of spices it up a bit. Like, oh, he talked to somebody interesting this week. Right, yeah. I've done episodes where it's just me talking for an hour, and it sucks. It's fucking unlistenable. Uh, but there are, like... There are nice moments, you know. There are funny moments because in the in the middle of that sanity, uh, insanity, you might talk about, uh, you know, some guy was a dick at, when you were at work, or there might be something, you know, uh, that happened in your family, like my son was in a play, mm. you know, that sort of thing. So like, and you talk about your proud dad moment or whatever it is. So it's like uh, my life in real time, and that's just I'm starting this out, and it may morph into something else but right now i feel like i'm building the skills mm. to become a better podcaster right yeah so uh it's kind of failing in public it's kind it's kind of like it's kind of like stand-up yeah yeah exactly yeah. it's yeah. i'm approaching podcasts the same way that i approach stand-up which is you know like and that's a beautiful idea i'm glad you brought that to my attention because yeah. that is what i'm doing i'm trying to uh, this is my open mic of yeah podcasting I melted microphones instead of cones and ice cream music orientated So when hip-hop was originated, fitted like pieces of puzzles, complicated Cause I grab the mic and try to say yes y'all, they try to take it And say that I'm too small, cool, cause I don't get upset I kick a hole in the speaker, pull a plug, then I jet Back to the lab, without a mic to grab So then I add all the rhymes I had, one after the other one Then I make another one, to diss the opposite Then ask if the brother's done I get a craving like I fiend for nicotine But I don't need a cigarette, know what I mean? Know what I'm I mean, raging, what I mean. ripping up the stage and don't it sound amazing? Cause every rhyme is made and thought of Cause it's sort of an addiction Magnetized, Magnetized. by the mixing Vocals, vocabulary, and verses just stuck in The mic is a drain, no volcanoes erupting Rhymes overflowing, gradually growing Everything is written in the code so it can coincide My thoughts to God 48 tracks to slide, the invincible microphone fiend rock him, spread the word, cause I'm N-E-F-F-E-C-T, a smooth operator operating correctly, but back to the problem, I gotta have it, you can't solve it, silly rabbit, the prescription is a hypertone, that's throwing, I fiend for a microphone, like heroin, soon as the bass kicks, I need a fix, give me a stage and a mic and a mix and I'll put you in a mood, or is it a stator, unaware? Awareness, beware, it's the reanimator A menace to a microphone, a lethal weapon, or assassinator If the people ain't stepping, you'll see a part of me that you never seen When I'm fiending for a microphone, I'm the microphone fiend After 12, I'm worse than a gremlin Feed me hip-hop and I start trembling The thrill of suspense is intense, you're horrified But this ain't the cinemas or tales from the dark side By any means necessary, this is what has to be done Make way, cause here I come My DJ cuts material Grand Imperial It's a must that I bust any mic you hand to me It's inherited, it runs in the family I wrote the rhyme that broke the bull's back If that don't slow him up, I carry a full pack Now I don't wanna have to let off You shoulda kept off, you didn't keep the stage warm Step off, ladies and gentlemen You're about to see 
A pastime hobby about to be taken to the maximum I can't relax, see I'm hype as a hypochondriac Cause the rap be one hell of an antidote Something you can't smoke more than dope You try to move away but you can't You broke more than cracked up You should have backed up For those that act up need to be more than smacked up Any entertainer I gotta talk to chamber one on one And I'm the remainder So close your eyes and hold your breath And I'ma hit you with the blow of death Before you go you remember your scene the fiend of a I'm Mark Anthony and you're listening to Birchwood Podcast. I'm so good at this now I can just start talking and basically everything will flow perfectly. It'll just be like some kind of radio announcer. All of a sudden you're like, wait, what is this? This is a guy talking. Um, you know, because guys talk and... This is one of those times when a guy is talking. Hi, welcome to Birchwood Podcast. The, the, that is the working title at the moment. This is my life in real time. I'm a husband, father, electrician, comedian, and dog lover. Sorry, Mark Splude. Love the dogs, not so much a cat person. <laughs> my buddy Splude, he sent me a text. He said, I was pissed off at you. You know, when you talked about how you didn't like cats. And I wrote, and then he said, but the ironic part and the part that made him laugh was the fact that my dog had shit on the floor twice uh, some, some weeks back. And the thing is, uh, that dog doesn't like the rain. So we tried to get the dog to come out and sometimes it'll get a little bit wet and it will uh, it will hold in its poop yeah that's these are the kinds of things you deal with when you have a live animal in your home i mean we call them pets but they are animals they're descendants of gray wolves they are <laughs> supposed to be um in nature but we've domesticated them which is a lovely word for imprisoned over several centuries until everybody thinks it's normal that they're sitting beside us in the kitchen as we eat. Anyway, this dog uh, pooped on the floor twice and and hasn't since. So um, it's been raining less. The food is not as digestible i don't know the answer to why but i remember um i ranted about the cats and of course you know my friend mark is a cat lover and you know he's got a good argument for cats you know he he likes his cats and uh look i'm certainly not throwing any shade at cats other than the fact that when they urinate it is the type of smell that you just cannot eliminate um, without intense labor, and, you know, I'm, I'm lazy by nature, so if a cat should urinate on my clothing, as, as, as has happened in the past, I have a strict zero cat policy in my life, and when Alicia and I started dating, I actually said, like, it's a deal breaker, I don't want cats, and she has cats, but they're at her mother's, where they rightfully belong. 
However, I've since fallen in love with Lishi, and I have agreed to compromise and take one cat. Uh, that cat has not shown up yet because she doesn't think it's fair to uh, have just one cat. And uh, she thinks that it needs a friend. And then that, you know, and then I'm like, nope, 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 nope. Now we're getting into two cats, and that would be a cat avalanche, and that is way too many uh, opportunities uh, to be involved with cat piss. So I've obviously been traumatized with cat piss. My ex-wife had cats, um, and, and my ex-wife is a lovely lady, but she didn't look after the cats, and they pissed everywhere, and uh, it was awful. So I'm not going through that again. Even if everybody promises that everything's going to be okay. Look, I don't... Look, I don't love something that doesn't love me. And I don't... That's what I don't understand about cat owners. They will eat you if you die. You understand this, right? Like, if a cat is locked in a house and you die, the cat is an opportunist. It will eat your body. So, why would you have one in your home? Just something that stares at you. You call it, it won't come over. You know, it doesn't do any tricks. And then it's just going to eat you if you die. Cats are Satan's minions, man. Having said all that, when I visit Leashy's mom, the cats come and sit on my lap. And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking that's because they love you. No, it isn't. It's because they're trying to piss me off because they know how much I hate them and they just come lay on my lap and they're like we love you put on a show for the girls so then I look like the asshole <laughs> but my buddy Splood said something else that that really struck me he said I don't want the dogs on my bed with their piss dicks rubbing all over the blankets I was like oh my god I mean he's right right they do they do uh, piss out of their dicks, and I'm sure some piss dribble gets on your bedspread. Look, you know, we just shouldn't be living with animals, but we can't help ourselves because humans need uh, companionship. And uh, let's face it, whether it's a cat or dog, and I know I, even though I said I wasn't going to throw some shade at cats, I kind of did. Uh, cats are still better than people. <laughs> to let you know where the pecking order is in my mind... It goes dogs, cats, and then people, because people are the worst. Um, yeah, so I, I hope that kind of clarifies my, my position on cats. Look, I, 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 don't, I will not abuse a cat. I will not ignore a cat. If a cat needs food, I will give a cat food. I will even pet a cat at someone else's home. And I... Even enjoy it when they get playing with the little laser pointers and little uh, catnip stuffed mousies and all that. I love, I love that. But uh, I don't. I, I just prefer dogs. You know, dogs to me, they've got more of a soul. They they make eye contact. They have an emotion in their face. Um, I just, I'm a dog guy, man. And uh, you know, in this world of cats and dogs, we all got to get along, right? So, you know, don't hate me for not liking cats and and uh, and don't hate me for loving dogs and I won't hate you for loving cats. 
It's just, uh, you know, one of them. It's almost like politics, isn't it? Yeah. A lot of people talking about cats and dogs in this country. Um, okay. So that clarifies that. <laughs> My coworker drove his work vehicle into the ditch today. I'm not going to say his name. And I have not said where the name that I work. I also don't post where I work on Facebook. That, that drives me crazy when people do that. It's like, oh, great. You want people to track you where you work too? No. I just say I work for a heat pump company and leave it at that. Those who need to know, know. Um, so he drove into a ditch. Uh, he didn't offer an explanation. I believe... He may have just been uh, taking a turn too fast or something. Anyway, thank God he's okay. And uh, I had to go finish his job. And that was no problem. That was that was totally doable. It would just tacked an extra hour onto my day. And I was happy to do it. Because I was just so happy that him and uh, and my other co-worker were, were okay. They got towed out. No damage to the work vehicle even. And not a scratch on them. So... Best case scenario for those guys. I ate a lobster. You ever do that? It's weird. Not just a lobster, but like I had to pick it. I mean, it's the weirdest thing. You know, I went to a restaurant and um, I'm like, yeah, so I'll, I'll, I'll be crazy today. I'm going to have the lobster. I haven't had lobster in probably 15 years, and I remember loving lobster, okay, and I'm going to walk you through this experience that I had, there was a tank, and the, the chef came out, <laughs> like, you know, people don't order the lobster, like, every minute of the day, they, they order them quite often, but not so often, that it isn't a mini event, so I created a bit of a stir in the restaurant by saying, I'll have the lobster. <laughs> like some aristocrat and uh, a very um, friendly chef came out. He was very clean. Uh, he did a fresh white linen suit and he came out with the tongs and he said in a Caribbean accent, which one? Which one? Oh my God, it's getting personal. I suddenly realized what a piece of shit human I am because I was like, I don't want to choose, but that's what we do every day at Wendy's and McDonald's and Sobeys and No Frills and Superstore and whatever grocery chain you have in your neighborhood. We just pick up the meat and cook it, put it in our mouths, and we don't ask questions. <laughs> this is, I was looking into his eyes, and he backed up, and I chose him because he looked afraid, and I didn't want him to be afraid anymore. That was my theory, right? I just made him more terrified. So the, the, the nice Caribbean chef picked up the lobster, and he was, you know, trying to move his claws, but they had those little rubber bands on them, and he was wiggling his tail and his tentacles were going in circles. And I, I was like, oh my God. And he's like, "Are you, do you want this one? Are you sure? And I, I, I got, I don't know. I mean, is he the tastiest one? 
Because if I'm going to murder another creature, I want to make sure it's tasty. And so <laughs> he was like, actually, the females taste better. And I'm like, why? You know, I actually was putting this guy's knowledge to the test. And he said, the eggs. And I was like, ugh. Now, I, I eat chicken eggs. I don't really go for the eggs of the sea. It reminds me of... Uh, like fish eggs, which I guess it is. Crustacean eggs, very similar, I guess, maybe. Anyway, whatever, I'm lost in that thought. But, I, okay, so I, I she, he puts down the one that backed up, the one that was scared. So now he's just terrified. I think he was glad to be back in that tank. And then, whoop, took his girlfriend. And that was it. Just carried the live lobster into the kitchen and 10 minutes later she was on my plate looking up at me with a lemon wedge in her once rubber banded red lobster claw and <sighs> what I remember about lobsters the claws are really good so I broke off the creature's hands <laughs> I mean, doesn't this sound like Ted Dancer? Ted Danson. <laughs> Ted Bundy. Ted Danson was a different guy. <laughs> Although it would be fascinating to watch Ted Danson murder people. I was talking about Ted Manson. Ted Bundy. Now I'm getting my serial killers all mixed up. Marilyn Manson. No, that's a singer. Anyway, the point is, I broke off this lobster's hands and I took the meat from inside the shell, dipped it in butter, put it in my mouth, and uh, it was delicious. You expect lobster to be delicious, and it was, damn it. So, I ate the lobster claws. They were good. And then I was like, uh, what else? I'm still hungry, you know? So, uh, I, I know that the tails get sold by themselves, so they must be good, so I broke that off, and I Got the tail out and there's one nice succulent piece of meat. Very good. So then there's all these little tentacles and stuff and you can suck little meat out of them. And it's like, damn, like, I don't, there's so much lobster here still. Well, what about the body? And he's like, the guy that I was having dinner with was like, yeah, you know, I, I don't know. It's good. So I like picked away it. And it was like a darker red. And uh, it had the eggs, I guess, or maybe even uh, poop or feces, whatever you want to call it on it. And it was just like, I scraped off that green stuff and I went for the deep red meat. And I pierced my little lobster fork into it. And I put it in my mouth and I looked at the guy and I was like, I'm just going to napkin this right quick. And uh, it was disgusting. So it was good uh, that I killed a creature for uh, three delicious bites of meat, one disgusting mouthful, which I probably deserve for slaughtering an animal. Although I don't know if you classify them as an animal. Anyway, still, you gotta think. It was a life, and I took a life to eat it. And it just made me think about the whole food chain, and it freaked me out. Eh. <laughs> And you know, 
I, uh, it made me think about things, and I'm not sure that, that I want to do that again, although we do it every day. So I got a weird message on Facebook. A lady at the uh, gas station, not far from my house where I live, said that uh, there was someone that drove away uh, without paying for their gas. It was $100. She wanted to know if it was me. And I misunderstood her. I thought she was saying that I didn't pay for my gas and the amount was $100. And I was like, I'll be right there. I'm coming right now. I'll come back and pay. Because it's always my one of my fears is you know, walking out of a store without paying for something. I did that actually in Hampton the other day with hot dogs. I just walked out without paying and then I, I caught myself. I started laughing because I was thinking about the job I was working at and I went back in and I paid for those dogs. But I always think about like driving away without paying for your gas. You're thinking about something else, you know, you get, you know, caught up in it. And anyway, so I, I said, I'll be right there. And, and I was getting ready to go. And then I thought to myself, my gas wasn't $100. So I checked my uh, bank, my online banking, and it showed that I had paid $43. So the thing is, when I got the gas, I also got a bag of ketchup chips. So because I like ketchup chips, I, I know I shouldn't be eating them. But anyways, they're, they're tasty, right? What are you going to do? It, I, it reminds me of childhood and it's ketchup chips. Anyways, so I put the ketchup chips on the counter and I and I pay and I, I thought that I had said that it was you know, pump three or whatever. and But I couldn't clearly remember. And then when I saw the bank, the online banking said $43. So I took a screen capture of that and I sent it to the lady. And I said, unless chips are $43, I definitely paid for my gas. Just like that lobster paid for its life. <laughs> paid with its life. I can't talk. Remember I said at the beginning of this thing that I could talk? I can't talk. All right, cool. Um, there's also, before I go, wanted to mention a freaky game show. Um, let's see. It's called... No, I don't know the name of it. It's something to do with trauma. The Misery... The Misery Index. Um... Welcome to the Misery Index, where you can make a fortune from other people's misfortune. The Misery Index, hosted by Jamil, uh, shows contestants' videos and news headlines of uh, hilarious real-life traumatic, traumatic events and asks contestants to rank the misery level on a scale from 1 to 100. Wow. The traumatic events contests... Oh, sorry, the Traumatic Events Contestants Rank Show up on a Jumbotron, which they call the Traumatron. Um, here's a few headlines uh, that are pitted against each other in the show. South Carolina parents sent teen to live in the woods for eating a Pop-Tart without permission. Or, mom finally stops breastfeeding daughter at the age of nine. Anyway, the show is called The Misery Index. And it is on, what network is it on? TBS. So, aren't we an interesting 
creature on this spinning rock around the sun. Human beings are amazing. And this week's guest is uh, an amazing human being. Um, I had the pleasure of uh, working with this gentleman this weekend at uh, Chuckles Comedy Club. Um, also, uh, before I go any further to introduce uh, my new friend uh, that I interviewed, there is going to be a huge announcement uh, coming this week. The next podcast you listen to, uh, there will be a massive announcement, a life-changing announcement, um, and it will certainly rock the comedy scene in St. John, New Brunswick, Canada, the east coast of Canada. It's, uh, it's pretty big. So get ready for that. But for now, uh, I wanted to tell you about my guest this week. Uh, I just clicked with him. You know, there's certain people that you meet and you just, you, you get them, they get you. Um, it's just so pleasant to uh, be in their presence. And, um, you know, that, that was a, a bonus for me because no matter what, I always try to interview the comedians. I mean, these are professional comedians that come to my comedy club. Why would I not want to interview them? And pick their brain and and get to know them. It's a, it's an incredible privilege. I consider myself very lucky, and I hope you uh, I hope you enjoy it. So this guy is uh, super silly. His stand up is fun. Um, you know, it's not political. It doesn't ask anything of you. It's uh, a very character-driven performance, I feel. It's it's uh, it's just a fun... It's like uh, when you watch him on stage, it's almost like he's your fun friend that you love to hang out with. Like, you would love to have a beer with this guy. And uh, he's an excellent uh, performer. As I said, very silly guy. He does voices on stage. Uh, very fun and very funny. And it is my privilege uh, to interview... Uh, my new friend and professional comedian, Mark Anthony. Enjoy. Are you uh, present on social media? Yes. So, if Mark Anthony fans out there, where can they find you on uh, on the social medias? Uh, at not Mark Anthony is all my handles: Twitter, Instagram, and all that. M A R C, not a K, just because you won't find me otherwise. Uh, yeah, on Facebook, just my name. Mark Anthony Sinagoga. So nice. Yeah, I try my best, man. Like you're right. You know, a lot of people don't take advantage of their phones. Like I try to make videos, and you know, I don't have a podcast. I'm dying to get into it, but I haven't found like that one idea that I wanted. To. I did. I had one, but then one of the people died, so I couldn't do that. So hmm. you know what I mean? That was very um, selfish of them to die when you had a project. To, I know, to right? Do. Yeah. It was my grandmother too. I was gonna do. Uh, you know. <laughs> It was your Nona? Yeah. You know, Between Two Ferns? Yes. Yeah. So I wanted to do Between Two Nunnas and have both my Nunnas, because uh, oh. they, uh, they always fight and they have rivaling ideas all the time. Well, that would have been great. Yeah. So I wanted yeah. to talk to them about like progressive topics and just get their old school opinion. You should do a things. new one called Fighting with Nona. Yeah. And then just have intense arguments with your grandmother. But yeah. make sure she understands before you start recording, like, hey, listen, 
the whole point of this show is yeah it, we're gonna get some laughs yeah you know exactly I mean? yeah yeah I, I wanted more than one old person on it and uh, the the nunna who passed away was the more you know entertainment one mm. the, the one now is she's hates being on camera she hates all that shit like hates the attention the hates it yeah so I mean why can't she just stop being selfish and realize your need for content yeah. yeah what I was gonna do is just play all three of them and <laughs> just <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See if anybody noticed. Yeah. Imagine. So outside of comedy, Mark Anthony uh, lives in Toronto. Were you born in Toronto? Born and raised in Richmond Hill, actually. Ooh. Uh, which is Upscale, a, gated community. Is it? No. No, it's not it's, gated. It's, it's definitely not gated, but um, <laughs> there's some shitty slums in there. Um, there is a gated community there, though, which is terrible to say out loud. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, grew, grew up there. Spent most of my time in like Vaughn, Mark, Mary, like the GTA, if you will. Yep. Um, started comedy in Toronto. So when I go on the road or whatever, I tell people I'm from Toronto just because comedy-wise, I feel like they're talking comedy-wise, you know? So, and usually when you say Richmond Hill, people just fucking want to throw an egg at you or something. So. Yeah, it's like saying Oakville or something, you know? Yeah. Like, it's like, oh, pardon me. Yeah, exactly. Let's roll out the red carpet. He's from Oakville, you know? Yeah, exactly. So. I don't feel that way because... Uh, I'm old, and I have uh, I have had friends and acquaintances and family members with wealth, yeah. and also I've scraped the bottom of an Alphagetti can a few times. So, like I, <laughs> Alphagetti, <laughs> an oh, insult to all Italians. Legit, by the way. I used to get threatened with Alphagetti. <laughs> If you don't fucking smart enough, we're going to feed you alphagetti all week. And I fucking grew up like, holy shit, look, that's the last can of alphagetti. I'm going to get it before they do. You're like, wow, that alphagetti is so good. Yeah. Cold, hot. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. Um, I mean, I didn't grow up wealthy, per se. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and that depends what you call wealthy, of course. Yeah, it's a, it's a what do you call that? Uh, subjective. Yeah. Fuck, I'm, I hate getting older because yeah. I have those mo senior moments where I'm like what's that word the hang time on yeah. trying to figure out why you're in the room you just walked in <laughs> or like a, a comedian's name yeah. or fuck it you know yeah. what I mean I'm yeah. like shit I, I, I swear to god I'm not a dick I'm just getting old and my brain's fucking up yeah yeah that's funny but I try I think I recover well yeah, you just did for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but if you're looking for a podcast idea, um, I'll tell you about how mine came about. Sure, yeah. Um, I I was listening to a lot of podcasts. Like, my favorite podcasts are um, obviously Mark Maron, um, Joe Rogan, um, Your Mom's House. Mm -hmm. um, so I had a lot of different things. Plus, I had things like... Um, Stuff You Should Know. Like, there's a few podcasts that I just, through, li I, I'll give any podcast a chance. Yeah. Now I'm listening to uh, Dead Baby Bear with Kathleen McGee. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm listening to a lot of different stuff. Have you ever listened to Armchair Expert? Yes. I love that one, man. With Dax Shepard. Dax yeah. Shepard. I really great. like that one, yeah. Yeah, I do listen to that occasionally. Usually uh, I cherry pick the ones that I, I'm interested in, the mm -hmm. guests, you know? Yeah. Which makes me a, a fucking asshole. But I'm still subscribed yeah. to all those. Jason Bateman is a great one on uh, Dak Shepard's podcast. I haven't heard that one. I'm going to download oh, it's it. great, yeah. 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 I'm you, leaving this interview. I'm going to go do it now. No, you're like, <laughs> I'll be right back. Okay. So I was living in uh, Birchwood Trailer Park. Mm -hmm. And so I decided to call my podcast Birchwood with Shane Ogden. Birchwood Podcast. 
Nice. And uh, it's got a good ring to it. I guess I don't know, and and it's kind of like a shitty Truman Show. Okay. I I I record almost everything, and then I kind of do a a best of the week every week. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's and cool. And it's even better when I get to talk to comedians like you because it kind of spices it up a bit. Like, oh, we talked to somebody interesting this week. Right, yeah. I've done episodes where it's just me talking for an hour and it sucks. It's right. fucking unlistenable. Oh, but there are, like, there are nice moments. You know, there are funny moments because yeah. in, the, in the middle of that sanity, uh, insanity, you might talk about, uh, you know, some guy was a dick at when you were at work or there might be something, you know, uh, that happened in your family. Like my son was in a play, mm. you know, that sort of thing. So like, and you talk about your proud dad moment or whatever it is. So it's like uh, my life in real time. And that's just, I'm starting this out and it may morph into something else. But right now I feel like I'm building the skills mm. to become a better podcaster. Right. Yeah. So, uh, it's kind of failing in public. It's kind. It's kind of like. It's kind of like stand up. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's. A, yeah. I'm approaching podcasts the same way that I approach stand up, which is, you know, like, and that's a beautiful idea. I'm glad you brought that to my attention because yeah. that is what I'm doing. I'm trying to. Uh, this is my open mic of. Yeah. Podcasting. Yeah, I'm glad to be a part of that. That's great. Yeah. Thanks, man. No, and, uh, that's great. Look, I didn't know you at all mm-hmm. coming into this. We never interacted on Facebook, but we Which both felt weird. we had. Yeah, I swear to God, we have. I, 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 there must be a guy who's like me out there. No, man. Like I know your name. I've been told to contact you for I can't tell you how many reasons for how many years. Like, wow. so I, I swear I have. Maybe I just never got around to contacting you. You I were like, know. I'm going to contact him, and then you didn't, and then you were like, I, I totally did. I, I get, I do yeah. that shit all the time. Yeah, like yeah. you when you look at somebody online, or like you're like, okay, I'm going to leave this page open to remind me tomorrow to contact him, and then you just end up seeing it every day and not do it. <laughs> And then you close it or your computer shits the bed and then yeah. you find out. Like, then you're like, oh, yeah, Shane Ogg, I contacted him. Yeah, like, Ju- you know? Julie gives me shit all the time because she's like, did you did you email Mark Anthony? I'm like, oh, yeah. Shit. I didn't, I didn't <laughs> oh, fucking yeah. do that yet. <laughs> fucking Martin Edwards got an email for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, well, uh, so you're friends with Belf? Yeah, friends yeah. with the Belford, yeah. Uh, yeah. You, do you guys... Uh, Kind of, are your friendship based on? Is it based on mostly sports? Is that how you? No, we actually met. Uh, we were in a comedy contest together in Thunder Bay, like fucking, I think, like seven years ago. Oh wow! Did like, you drive from no, Richmond I, Hill to Thunder Bay? No, I flew there. Thank God. I think <laughs> I flew there. I have driven there, which was like the worst thing of my life. We it's ran a out bad of drive. Gas. Yeah, it's a very bad drive. I've done it. Yeah, that whole. Uh, Provincial Park chunk where there's nothing. Yeah, that was that's just bad. woods and shit. And they don't tell you that either. Like I no. feel like there should be a massive and there's shitty sign. gas stations with like Pizza Shack and Robin's Donuts, and you're like, this isn't real food. Yeah, this is terrible. Well, and then after a certain time, the gas stations are closed for like a hundred and fifty <laughs> kilometer gap. <laughs> so if you have a half tank, you're kind of fucked. You right? are fucked. Yeah. So I was I was working in Nunavut one time, and two times I was in Nunavut, but basically. It was so cold that you needed a what they call a Herman Nelson heater. It's just basically it sits outside on wheels. You can pull it yeah. around on a trailer. They got a big pipe. You work construction. Yeah. You probably know this. Um, the pipe goes into the building and it just blows hot air. And you right. need diesel to run it. It's a oh, yeah, very yeah. environmentally horrible machine. Yeah, it's like a, a heater generator. Yes. Outside. Yeah, yeah. Exactly yeah. what it is. And so 
if you didn't wave down the diesel man, you didn't work that day. Yeah. You had to go back to your hotel because you would freeze. It was crazy. Like, I'm out there going, is, is the diesel man here? Like, all, like, oh. filled with anxiety. Like, hey, hey, yeah. like, save me with your heat juice. Oh, God. How That's a that nice happen? name for a male porno. Heat, yeah, it? heat juice. <laughs> save me with your heat juice. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Heat juice. So oh. when you did construction, what kind did you do? Labor? Yeah, all physical labor. Um, well, here's the thing. I've, You're a big guy. It must not have bothered you too much. Well, I just always, like, you know... I swear I've had every job you can think of over the years. So when I was starting out, I was doing kitchen work for a long time because my, my mom's a chef and like it kind of comes easy to me. So And line work, like kitchen line work is the only stuff that where you can do early morning shifts and like there's so many guys rotating in a restaurant, like you can take time off to go do shows out of town or whatnot. So that was the only job I could keep. And then in the summers, both my uncles have uh, different... Um, Construction companies, obviously. So <laughs> I don't right. know if that's obvious. <laughs> right, I guess. That's a, that's a stab at the Italians, right? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so one of them is more like landscaping, um, grass cutting, cleanup crew, that kind of deal. And the other one's more hardscape construction kind of stuff. Like building retaining job. walls. Yeah, yeah. Much, pool pads. Yeah, bigger. Decks. Yeah. 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 Much bigger. Uh, I've done all that stuff, too. Yeah, it's fucking brutal. And now I'll never forget worst job ever is we... I don't know if you know um, in Toronto, like the St. Clair area. Not especially. Picture any older Italian, not Italian, older uh, Toronto homes where like... Rick. Well, like there would be, they had they used to make those big retaining walls because the fucking, the land was so up high. So you'd have to take these skinny stairs to go all the way up to the front door of the house. So it was like probably 30 feet worth of stairs that are okay. super steep to get to the front door of the house. So in the backyard, we were redoing this guy's backyard. He needed a power line, so we couldn't crane it over his house. So we had to fucking do by bucket all the gravel, all the crush, like all the bricks, everything. So even when we were tearing it down, that's like Egyptian slave shit, dude. It it was a three week job, and my uncle had me on it the whole three weeks. He's like, "You're just gonna be the bitch guy here every day, just at this one job site." Fuck, it was the worst. I found out what my nickname meant uh, last month. Anybody here grow with a nickname as a child? Yeah. Yes? What's your actual name? Peter. Peter. And the nickname? Slim. Because Slim. <laughs> it's ironic. It was. It was. Got it. You grew into the nickname. I like that. Anybody else have a nickname they want to share? No? Here's Pandora. Where? Oh, Pandora. That's hilarious. Why? Because she always opens her box. What the fuck? That is some level 10 savagery right there. That is 10 out of 10 roast mode right there. Was that you, Julie? Yeah. Fucking owner of the place is fucking shredding everybody. Make some noise for Julie. That was hilarious. Because she opens her box too much. God damn. That is rough. I'll tell you mine. This is a, okay, here's the thing. I don't speak Italian. I don't understand Italian. But I grew up with an Italian nickname. Okay? And I used to do construction during the day. Because that's like an Italian prerequisite. For those of you who don't know. And uh, one day my mom came to bring me my lunch. Because I'm a bitch. And my mom showed up. And she's calling me my, by my nickname. And the whole word is Pijolino. Okay? She shortens it. Says Pichot. 
So she's yelling it, right? Pulls into the job site. She's like, Michelle, get over here. I got you your lunch. Michelle, come here. Right? She sounds like Randy Savage. It's fine. And uh, she goes, Michelle, I got your lunch. Right? Go over, grab the lunch. And this Italian guy is laughing. Right? And he's got one of those like construction site, like throater, smoker laughs. Like, you know, those people where it's just like neck air. You know what I'm talking about? You know those guys who are like, <laughs> right? I'm like, Tony, you all right, man? Like, you need your buffer, dude? And he's just like, hey, man, we just want to know. He starts doing the Italian pigeon neck. He's just like, we just want to know. How does she know? I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, well, that's a direct translation for baby penis. And I was like, no, it isn't. He's like, yeah, it is. I was like, no, it isn't. He's like, yeah, it is. I was like, no, it isn't. Ask my mom. He's like, mom? She's like, yeah, it is. Okay. I was like, why would you call me that? I don't understand, right? She's like, well, here's the thing. When you were born, you came out and you had an abnormally small penis for a baby. No, that's not a thing. I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm like, that's not real. I'm like, do what I missed the, the epidemic of big baby dicks. Like, what are you, there was a moment in the 90s where every baby was like, holy shit, I can't wait to fuck bitches. And they're like swinging their hammer cocks out of their diapers. Like, what are you talking about? That's insane. She's like, oh, it was bad. I'm like, what do you mean it was bad? She's like, it was just like, you know, like you were, you know, it was bad. And I was like, that's, that's ridiculous. I was like, you know, I've been responding to that my entire life. And uh, we, I grew up in a very Italian neighborhood, so everybody knows what it means, but me, right? So picture a big soccer field, grew up playing soccer, you know, it's hard to believe, right? Whatever. Uh, or like a big wedding, right? Every year I go to about 30 of them, and there's like 500 people there. And my mom's like, Pichot, get over here! And I'm like, oh! Right, I go fist pumping across the dance floor. Everyone's like, did that lady yell baby penis? They're like, she did. And there he is, 300 pounds, small dick, big dick confidence. We fucking like this guy. Go be show, you know? You guys ready to start the show? Yes! So how good is comedy? Right? You know? <laughs> it's like, dude, I, I get, I seriously get blown away. I must say this every day, like to a comedian or somebody where it's just like, I'm blown away. Because you work so long not getting paid in comedy. So when yes. you finally do get paid, you almost forget about the money. Like, you perform and then someone goes, here, and they give you your check or cash, and you're just like, oh, yeah, nice. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, right? yeah. You're like, sick, right? Yeah, and you're yeah. like, this is great. And you, it's crazy. Like, we live in a world where we can just fucking tell jokes and get paid to do it. Like, it's, it's bananas. Well, I told this to Julie last night before the show started. I said, you know what I'm most proud of? I said, is how many people we have employed to do their dream. Yeah, for That's sure. One of the sweetest rewards for me, having yeah. been a comedian for 20 years, yeah. is being able to hand somebody a little bit of money yeah. And say, here you go, man. Like, I, I support what you do. I like yeah. what you do. You yeah. know what I mean? And that's why I hate so much of the scene. You know, I know we just went from, like, the most extreme positive ever. I'm going to bring it negative, unfortunately. But when <laughs> comedians go around doing shit for free and, like, yeah. putting no value on it when they produce shows and things like that, like, it rips me apart. Because then you can't – I can't go to a venue and try and sell them a show after you did a show that was good for free yeah or I can't do another show after I've sold them one and then after my show you were like don't use them fuck we'll do it for nothing exactly and they bring 10 open micers and you know every open micer has got 5 minutes so 
that makes an hour and a half. So there you go. That's a great show, right? And then they're like, they feel like they got more value. They brought us 10 comedians. Yeah. You know, and it was free. And you're like, well, they're fucking dumb. Yeah. You know, and you're like, yeah, it's not, that's, yeah. it's not the quality it could be. And yeah. we had uh, things like that happen here in town. I'll give you an example. We, uh, there's a reversing falls restaurant. Okay. So you can overlook the falls and like on top it's, there's something called the skywalk and you can go out and you can overlook the city mm-hmm. and the, the river and it's beautiful. And, um, they also have this little area behind the skywalk, which is like a little tiny amphitheater. Okay. So, uh, some of the local comedians decided they were going to do a show there. They were charging like $80 a ticket. Wow. And the comedians they selected were fucking not... I'm not going to say they were terrible because I hate saying that, but... They're not worth 80 bucks. They were not anywhere near worth $80. And the thing is, all the people that went to that now think that is stand-up comedy. So then, those people look at our prices and go, well... I mean, we're not we're not going to go to this comedy club because we've already gone to comedy and we didn't like it. It's just like, man, like, oh, it's frustrating. I get it. Yeah, yeah. When you, I can't remember the stat where I read this, but it was like the average person um, goes to see like one point eight comedy shows a year, which doesn't make sense. But the average yeah. person sees like maybe one to two shows a year. Right? Yeah, yeah. And some people have never been to a comedy show in their fucking life. So when you're dealing with that kind of the numbers <clears throat> and like you said they're like oh well I saw a comedy show it's not for me live comedy is not for me and it's just like that's the dumbest laughing's not for you that's crazy. yeah that's right. like saying music isn't for me I've tried it <laughs> <laughs> I've tried it I just can't find an artist man uh, yeah, yeah my uncle sang happy birthday I hate it when my uncle sings so fuck music you Dude, know what I mean that <laughs> is so funny Dude, you gotta make that a bit please or I have to we'll we'll talk about that that is fucking gold uh, my uncle sang me happy birthday ever since then I must have yeah, been two you three take years that old. fucking uh, Jimi Hendrix album and you stuff it up your ass because yeah. that's gonna sound like my uncle um, no I uh, it's funny you know talking about all the different ways to perceive you know comedy and music and, and different things and I I've become more open to um, different styles. Like when I, I started you. comedy, I just liked what I liked and that was it. Right. And if you juggled, you were a hack. And if you did this, you were a this and yeah. that. Yeah. And I had so many judgments about mm. people, right? Yeah. And then I guess over the years, having met so many different people, having performed in so many different rooms, I've softened kind of the, the idea that, hey, you know what? I don't maybe like the guy with the puppet that fills the stadium, mm. but uh, I'll watch the Netflix special. Who yeah. gives a shit? That you know? was Jeff Dunham's recent one. Is that the one? I know. I, I didn't see that. Oh, I gave okay. a terrible example. Oh, okay. okay However, I, it's on my list. I'll, yeah. I'll check it out. I'm it so bad. Is it bad? Yeah, because he tries stand-up for the first 15 minutes. Oh, no. And it's fucking brutal. I was like, oh, buddy, no. just bring out the puppets. Oh, no. You know? <laughs> I was rooting for him, too. Yeah. No, same. And I, I watched his old stuff, and yeah. I used to dig it. And, I mean, you know, it's got its niche and its market, we were, right? We were talking about Sandler last night, man. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I couldn't love his stand-up special, his new stand-up special more. Yeah. Because I was a big fan of his, you know, right from Billy Madison's SNL days. Yeah. All the way up until his weird punch-drunk shit. Yeah. When he tried to be a serious actor, and uh, the ridiculous six and uh, all that controversy, and now um, the stand-up special, 
And I really thought he was going to phone it in because he's a bazillionaire, right? Oh, fuck, yeah. He, like, he's, he's be, yeah. that guy just is his production company, Happy Madison. I mean, they make movies with uh, all his buddies and, you know. That's the dream, man. Like, he, I, I swear to God, I thought, I, I, when I watched that special, I had no expectation. I thought, this is, he's going to phone it in, but it'll be good to see Billy Madison again. Yeah. No. He really, you could tell he really wanted to make people laugh. Like, it was yeah. a goal. His, I, I, I felt it. I felt it. And it, as a fan, I was like, man, like, this is this is great. You know, I, want, I wanted him to care. Yeah. Yeah. And we were talking about that because your stand-up reminds me of his, is that you don't really fit in the box of a stand-up. Like, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think of you as the average stand-up because you are silly and fun and you don't, uh, you don't come off, you come off as very humble and very likable. Mm-hmm. So do you attribute that to anything or is, was that a plan? Is that on purpose? No, I mean, um, here's the thing. I don't, like I always admire comics that can do one-liners and political stuff and the smart jokes because I, I just can't do it. Like I've tried and I just, it feels like homework. You know, I'm like this, I just, this isn't for me, right? And all I do is just tell stories that have happened to me and, you know, you add a little salt and pepper on it. You know what I mean? And that's, yeah. so I don't know. Like, and when you so, said that to me yesterday, I was like blown away. I was like, I've never had that comparison. Like I always get people saying, oh, you're very likable and comfortable and fun and things like that. I just, I feel like when someone comes to a show, same with me when I go to a show. I don't want to listen to what's going on in the world and you making fun of it. It's like that's what late nights for, you know. And that's uh, and there's hundreds of late nights. And I'm not here to bash anybody who does that, but at the same time, it's like I feel like comedy for me, anyways. Growing up, it's an escape, right? It's like music, you know. I, I want to pretend that none of the bullshit exists, you know. So just take me into your world let me laugh for an hour and forget that life is a real thing and then I'll go back to it you know what I mean it's kind of like when you go to the movies you know you go on this hour and a half or two hour journey or whatever you get sucked out of life for a second you go on the roller coaster and you get off right so yeah it's the same thing with with uh with comedy so that's I feel like I don't want to do any of that stuff I don't want to do the political stuff or anything with an agenda like I'm not here to say anything crazy you know I just this is my shit, this is my life, laugh about it, we'll laugh together, and then see you later, right? I feel like it hinders me sometimes, to be honest. Really? Yeah, because I don't, uh, like, some people are like, well, you're not trying to say anything, you're not, you know, you don't have a strong stance on anything, or you, you know, I'm like, well, I do, I just, I'm not here to go on stage and then have a debate with somebody, and argue with somebody, and divide the room, and get somebody upset to the point where they want to yell something out and then all of a sudden we're having an argument. Like, I don't, you know, I'm here to just, I've written funny stories that are based on shit that's happened to me and let's laugh it up, right? Like, I feel like it's hindered me because a lot of the festivals and stuff are looking for that and like when they have themes and stuff, they're like, well, let's find somebody who has a strong opinion. I I actually, I would disagree with that very strongly because I feel like comedy now more than ever needs to be an escape. Yeah, I started comedy because I accidentally, um, not it, not an accident, but I purchased a George Carlin album. Which and, one? Do you know? Yeah, uh, back in town. Okay, nice. And um, that's the late seventies uh, one, right? Where he no, like no, cover no, like this. Or no, whatever? back in town was uh, New York, 
Um, I think the video version of it was called something different, but the audio version was called Back in Town, and it's him on the cover with sunglasses. It's white and red album cover, and um, it was early 90s. He was talking about the Gulf War and uh, how government was trying to control language Mm -hmm. and how our job was to bomb brown people. He's like, if your country has brown people in it, look the fuck out. Right, right, right. So he's anti-establishment, anti-authoritarian, which which was attractive to me because I had had felt like I was wronged my whole life by by bullies by not being able to be a successful comedian. Like when I was 20 years old, I was going to be the next cast member of Saturday Night Live. You couldn't tell me anything else. Right. Then I got a girl pregnant twice. Right. And my life took a different trajectory totally. Right. So when I was listening to Carlin, I thought, that's great. He says something uh, that you can stand behind and believe in, but he's also making you laugh along the way. Yeah. I tried to emulate that. And what I did was I screamed at, at people that were trying to have a good time. Mm, you're right. Right? So I got, a, I got some laughs, but it's only now, 20 years in, that I can be silly and have people enjoy it. I feel good. Right. And I'm not trying to be Carlin anymore. I'm trying to be Shane. Right. And and people like that. And that's what I love about you. You're trying to be Mark Anthony. Coin the phrase. I'm joking. <laughs> Thank you, man. Yeah, I appreciate your, your album's going to be called Trying to Be Mark Anthony. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> trying to be myself. Fuck. <laughs> trying to be myself. That'd be a great album, actually. Yeah, it is. A great yeah, album cover. That's, that's great. Um, and I just, uh, yeah, the silliness, the silliness, um, I think is, is the escape. And I think that's important. And I think you do that. Here's the thing. I have size 15 feet. Okay. You know what that means? That means that, uh, I have big socks, right? Obviously. Okay. <laughs> to cover the tip of my dick. Am I right, brother? Do you know what I mean? Uh, I'm joking. That's stupid. Okay. So. Here's the deal. It means fucking nothing. It's terrible, right? Because all throughout elementary school, girls would be like, hey, can we see it? And I would just rip my sock off and be like, yeah, man, for sure. And then you're like, you're a fucking loser. And I'm like, what's going on? You know what I mean? I would lose friends rapid fire. And it, my grandfather, he thinks that my shoes are like a self-defense mechanism for the house. I would tell you what I mean. If I've had size 15 since I was like 12. Why? Don't know. But anyways, if all of you came to my house, you would see a pair of my shoes at the entrance of every door around the entire property. If you ask my grandfather why that is, first day I asked him, I'm like, no, no, what are you doing with my, my shoes? Like, why are they outside? He goes, well, nobody's going to break into the house if they take a fucking giant that lives inside of the house. Like, that is the dumbest fucking thing I've ever heard in my life. And I'm like, what do you think should happen? Like, people break in the house with, like, guns and knives and shit. I was like, I, I feel like he thinks someone's going to break in. And he's like, wait, wait, you, did you see the fucking shoes? Do you know who lives upstairs? Like, do you know what I mean? They'd be like, get the fuck out of the way, old man. Just, like, pistol whip them. You know? And I'm like, no, no, like, what do you think? People break in with guns and knives. Like, what do you think's going to happen? He goes, you ever see the movie where they shoot at Inacitus? What? Like a movie with a rhinoceros? What the fuck are you talking about? He's like, no, the movie where they shoot a rhinoceros. And I'm like, maybe, I don't know, what are you talking about, Indiana Jones? Like, what are you saying? He's like, there's a movie, all these movies where the rhinoceros is running, running, running. They shoot the fucking rhinoceros, the bullets bounce off. I'm like, and? 
He goes, you are Rhinoceros. And I'm like, that's what you think. That's what you think. You think if someone breaks into the house, points a gun at you, I'm going to push you out of the way and then be like, oh no, buddy. You don't know what you've done, bro. Here it comes. And just start galloping down the hall and headbutt a criminal out the front door. And he's like, yeah, you better. You better save the family. And I'm like, brother, you are 92 years old. Get in the fucking way. Like, am I an asshole? I'm like, are you insane, dude? Like, time's up for you. Like, imagine I get shot six months later, my grandfather dies of old age. Like, that's just a bad deal, you know? God would be like, Mark, what are you doing? Like, I left your grandfather there as a human shield. You should have put him in the way. I'd be like, I can't. He thinks I'm a rhinoceros. God's like, oh, that's right. You're the kid with the fucking big feet, small dick. Are you sure you, like, charged properly? Like, I gave you that skill. Are you sure you, like... You know, like, fuck you and my grandfather, you know? We both have a passion for making people laugh. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, And that's a niche. Like, yeah. that's not, you know, construction, kind of the same subculture in a way, because you're yeah. like, oh, have you ever dug dug out some forms? Or have you yeah. ever, oh. you know what I mean? Like, yep. Yeah. Like you, when, you, when you've gone to battle together, kind of, or you know, oh, I've done that room. Yeah. I was in, uh, you know... Burlington at 54. Yeah. You know, is, is that still open? It is, yeah. It's Have you done it? I've done it, and it was like the worst thing. Is, is Ben Guide still alive? Yeah, he's alive. He's is still he on a respirator? Like no, a, he's still fucking there all the time, man. He, he's got uh, fucking uh, zest for life. He's yeah. still vivacious. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he still is. cheesy as fuck. Yeah. I don't know him too, too well. Like, the, I did it twice. One time he was there, one time he wasn't. Yeah. And it was strange, like, because they're behind you. Right, and I didn't know that. And they, it's like a pizza party nightclub almost, which sounds like a giant kid's birthday, but you know, yeah, it's kind of like a, it's a weird vibe in there. Yeah, and you got to yeah. walk down this long narrow stage, and they're behind you, and it's just like you're, and they're all talking because they're all having fun and eating and getting drunk. It's like it's kind of like you're doing a show at a pre-drink, like a giant pre-party to something that's gonna like to like a New Year's party. Weird. That's how it felt to me anyway. So I felt like I was just background music, and I hate that. Yeah, you know? me too. Because you can't comedy. I don't like music. those shows. Comedy if you want. No. Yeah. I, I remember performing at Gold's Gym during their grand opening, and I was in a kiosk. A fucking kiosk doing stand-up. So I had walls to the side of me. It, I was. It was like they tried to build me in a television. Right. It's a cool concept. And people are walking by, and I'm like, hey, want to hear some great jokes? Uh, sir? Right. You know, like, and I'm trying to be funny. I'm trying to interact, but yeah. it's just, like, going south. It's just bomb, bomb, bomb. It was, like, bombing for, like, you know, a couple of hours because they wanted me to do, like, different times. The yeah. show will go from 1.30 to 2.45, 2.15, or what? They, it was weird, man. So, what's the weirdest situation that you've ever been in for stand-up? Oh. 54? <laughs> no. Um, oh, my God. I, I, did, I said this the other day. I did a... Um, I'm trying to remember what the hell that was. Anyways, there's a few. Um, but I remember saying a story to somebody, and they were like, that's definitely the craziest thing ever. And I can't remember what it was. 
But one that sticks out right now is I was uh, performing at like a, it was a cancer fundraiser, I guess. But we were on the grass in somebody's backyard and in front of the, us was like um, a blanket with kids playing with toys. Like a bunch of fucking kids. Like not just one kid. And, and these are small children. These are like toddlers, yeah. Playing with Legos, <laughs> smashing trucks into each other. Like, And there's maybe 30 people that are like probably 50 feet away in like tents because it's so fucking hot out. So it's like I'm in the shade, the kids are in the shade, then there's like a whole backyard of sun and then parents on tents. And like they're not listening. And I'm like talking to these kids or talking to the parents being like, can you get rid of these kids? Because this is fucking awful. And it was so awkward and so terrible. I, I had to do 45 minutes. I mean, I remember, even my first corporate gig was like one of the worst gigs of my fucking life. Because I don't know why they try to squeeze comedy into these like humorless situations. Yeah, that's perfect. Humorless is great. <laughs> situation like you know what man I, I don't some people just don't have a grasp on how comedy works and you gotta fucking educate people like unless you're dealing- glad to be here at the boardroom for the glass company yeah I have so many glass jokes lined up for you it's gonna shatter your preconceptions about <laughs> yeah cutting edge comedy yeah ah uh, yeah no it just doesn't no. fucking fit no it doesn't yeah. fit yeah <laughs> <laughs> but uh, those things make you appreciate those great nights, you know? Oh, for sure, yeah. Like, last night was a small crowd, but they were very, like, attentive and into it. Yeah, and yeah. Last that one blonde dude got a little out of control. Yeah, he was a little nuts. But uh, Andrew handled it well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he didn't really interrupt you guys. No, Yeah, no. thank God. Yeah. But we used to have security. Really? And um, our security guy left and we were looking for a new security guy. We would actually be looking for someone like you if they didn't do comedy. Right. Like, you're you're someone tall guy with broad shoulders that can just... And we're looking for... Because the last one we had, he's a gentle giant. He didn't... He never had to remove... He had to remove somebody once. And that was even before the show started. A couple of VLT guys got fighting. Yeah. A couple of guys at the lottery machines. That's hilarious. They were fighting and it was before the show and I'm like... Well, the show's about to start, so can you deal with it? And he goes back there, and he, like, just, hey, guys, like, there's a show starting. And then he carried one of the guys out, and that was the only time he ever had to. But most of the time, he could just put his hand on somebody's shoulder and say, okay, that's your first strike. Because we have a three strikes and you're out policy, right. which kind of went to shit last night. Right. But uh, usually if someone interrupts the show three times and it's not invited by the comedian, or you could tell that it's... Right, it's a little over the line. Then we, two people in the, in the last, since 2009, two people we've re- removed from a show. Hey, man. That's, so that's not bad. Yeah, that's unreal. But, but, fuck, I don't know, man. How do you feel about hecklers? I mean, I just don't get it. Like, I would never go to a show, a ballet, a movie, or anywhere and yell shit out unless they're asking me to. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, unless the comedian's asking me a question or you know, it's like there's a wall there, guys. It's a, you're, pretend you're a TV. Like, and sure, some people yell at their TV, but it's not a sports event, right? Where, That's what I say to people. I say, you wouldn't do that at the movies. Why are you doing it here? Yeah. 
You, and then they're like, well, I do. And then you're like, well, fuck, I'd love to see you watching the Joker. Be like, fuck bullshit. Like, fuck you, Joaquin Phoenix. Like, yeah, it's like, okay. They're like, okay, shut up, man. I'm trying to watch yeah, this guy. Yeah, it's like, okay, can you relax? Like, I'm trying to watch this guy put on his mother's makeup and kill half a dozen people. Yeah. And I don't need you <laughs> interrupting. <laughs> I don't need you making light of this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but it's... Uh, yeah, it, I, I fucking, I, for so many years, hated hecklers, and, uh... I do hate hecklers. Like, yeah. I still do. I just, yeah. I, I just don't get it. It's like, if you're gonna... Sometimes it's fun and can make good of a situation or make something better. Um, but then there's times... Like, there's some people where, like, they're just trying to give you a piece of gold to work with, right? Yeah. And, or, like, you know, just really feel the need to say something... And there's no malice behind it. But when there's guys that just can't handle that they're not the funniest guy in the room anymore. Yes, yes. And their whole purpose is to be like, I'm going to show you I'm funnier than this guy. It's either that or princesses. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. the ladies too can be. Oh, the ladies can be the worst, yeah. Especially when it's like a bachelorette, bachelorette party. Yeah. Oh. Bachelorette party's got to be the worst group of hecklers. For a, show, for a comedy show, it's the fucking worst. Like, I don't even know why you would even think about doing that. She's a big comedy fan. It's like, don't care. Like that's. I don't even want a bachelor party in my club. We're bringing twenty five girls. I don't care. Yeah. Go go somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> Just, yeah. I don't even want your money, yeah. and I need money to pay for this show. But I still don't want your money. Yeah. <laughs> I will pay you if you don't come here. Yeah. It's <laughs> oh, it's Rolana's. She's getting married, so yeah. we need some dick straws and yeah. some tiaras, and we're going to fucking talk like this all night. It just sounds like hens clucking, and I just want to murder everyone with a shotgun. Yeah. Which is why I had to stop hating hecklers, because I was growing psychotic with that. Right. Yeah, I was turning into the Joker. I yeah. was like, I'll yeah. fucking... Yeah, they're like, I'm going to kill you. Yeah, yeah. Because, I don't know, I don't like time ruiners. Yeah. I don't like people who... who Make a scene or make things bad when people are trying to enjoy themselves. Yeah. And, and that's honestly... It's like the drunk uncle at the wedding. Classic example. Yeah. yeah. And honestly, every time I host, I try and say that off the top. <clears throat> I didn't yesterday. Uh, just because you guys kind of mentioned it when before you brought me up. But just kind of telling people, like, this is a show. 95% of what you're viewing is jokes that work and have, and are written and planned. So, like... I know when you think that you're yelling something out because this is a conversation, it's just not. The conversation is between our words and your laughs, not your words. You know what I mean? That's so, a beautiful way to put it. Yeah. It's just yeah. like, how are you, like, what, what, what do you think is coming out of this? <laughs> you know, exactly. unless I ask you a question like that nickname thing, anybody here go with a nickname? Yeah. Yeah. Now's your time to shine, buddy. Make yeah. something up. I don't yeah. give a fuck. But, exactly. You know? That Pandora thing was funny. Right? Those yeah. are those hints of gold that... Uh, yeah. Do you know they call her Ava, like Hitler's wife? Because oh she's, she's always like, get out there and serve the customer if they're sitting down. Right. Or, or she'll be like, you know, kind of like, shh, you know, to somebody. Yeah. So they call her Ava, which That's is so Hitler's wife. And so then Julie came up with Pandora because she had slept with a few different guys. Yeah. No, it wasn't like slut-shaming. It was just like, oh, she's a... A female player, like she's dating. Right, right. Right? She's had a couple intimate moments with some gentlemen. Yeah. So she's capitalizing on that because she was called Ava. Right. She was like, You're Pandora's, bo- you're Pandora because your box is always so I was like, Oh my fuck. Yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah. Um, 
So let's step away from comedy for just a moment. Sure. And I'm trying to imagine uh, a young Mark Anthony in uh, Richmond Hill. Uh, what's your What's your early memories like? Like, what was what was it like when you were a kid? In what sense? Like, well, like you know, were you were was sense. your was your dad this larger than life guy? You were always in his shadow. Were you you know? Were you like fighting with your brother or you know? I don't know. What what was it like? Uh, that's a good question. It's a broad question. Yeah, I don't even know where to hone in on. I mean, should I relate it to comedy? Like, are you trying to find like how the comedy aspect kind of? No, not really. I, I'm. I mean, I'm just interested. Yeah, I mean, I grew up with like a massive Italian family. Like, wow. um, so like, I've yeah. seen. From the outside, those families. Yeah. What's it like being in one? Yeah, it's crazy. Everybody's got a strong opinion. Everyone's loud. Um, so, like, you know, we do this homemade sauce every year—the homemade salamis and olives and all that shit. Like, so um, heavy traditional. <laughs> That'd be a great brand name: Olives and all that shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Olives and all that other shit. Pesto, hot sauce. You know what I mean? Like, we we do our the tradition is pretty heavy, so it's like. Big family meals. We eat at the dinner table together. Fucking always people eating with us that are A lot of love, a lot of loyalty. Yeah. yeah. Um, a lot of under the carpet backstabbing within the family, of course. Sure. Which yeah. is That's normal. just human. Yeah. We're um, just... Other people that aren't Italian are more... Um, what do you call that? Uh, transparent. True. Yeah. Whereas Italian, a lot of show... Yeah, but exactly. under, underneath there's still some human there's characteristics ton, that are course. negative. Yeah, all the time, and it's just like you. Yeah, it's it's stupid. That's the one part of the culture that really bothers me. It's like it's heavy with tradition, family, morals, and then it's like, and then you just contradict all of those all the time. Yeah, within the big family, you know what I mean? And it's like there's so much animosity between cousins and grandparents. Really, it's, like, it's yeah. insane. Um, so it's kind of like it's one giant soap opera, <clears throat> but we. Um, what my favorite part, I guess, about growing up was we grew up in this, like, it was a brand new neighborhood, so it was like this cul-de-sac, if you will, or like a court, right? So it was like all these brand new houses and new families, and <clears throat> it was kind of like the United Nations, if you will, like every family was a different culture, and we would do these big, like, barbecues, and like everybody would bring something traditional and stuff, and everybody had a bunch of kids from a different age, like it was all big families of like five, six, four, seven, you know what I mean, right? Yeah. So... And it got me, <clears throat> you know, always doing different accents, impersonating everybody and um, being very cultured. But now people view that as fucking being a racist. But, you know, because <laughs> I do a lot of those accents on stage. But when I, it, it's hard to be like, well, no, I'm not a racist. I know these cultures because I grew up with them. Like, you know, I would spend a, you know, a weekend at the African house and the Jamaican house and the Indian house, whatever, right? And like, yeah. we know each other, you know? Through food and culture and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, like, uh, I shouldn't even say this, but, like, my Indian neighbor, they're from Pakistan. He's my family doctor as well. I have a bit about it. But either way, he used to love how good my Indian accent was and would make me, like, he would teach me how to do a turban. So he would put a turban on me as a kid and make me, like, talk to his family Wow, you'll and never be prime minister with those pictures. Right, on. exactly. Right, so like he's been doing brown face since he was five. You know, but you know, it's like, and he used to love it and laugh about it. So I feel like it's okay. But if I re repeat that, it's like you were a bigot since birth. You fucking asshole. So, you know, 
doing stuff like that and like calling his Indian relatives with a thick Indian accent, they would be like, they think it's a relative. Like, you know, I would do that shit all the time. And so. those people would think it was a riot. Yeah, and they and would laugh. love it and yeah. would encourage it. And yeah. So. Yeah, so like I, I kind of grew up doing that. I was babysat by like the, So you were doing voices. All the time. When you were a kid. Yeah. So you really were entertaining people. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> For a long time. And even like I, I remember after school every day, um, until my parents got home, I'd stay at uh, my neighbor's house who was an uh, Asian family. And fuck, we'd be, I'd be eating their Asian stuff and trying to learn the language and fucking around and imitating them. It's just like, awesome. you know, and that. So then when you do that stuff, I do an Asian accent in an all white room, people get uptight. I go and do it in Markham in an all Chinese theater, they're dying. It's like, what are we doing here? You know? 2019 <clears throat> was a very confusing year for white males. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know. And it was, how... it was even more confusing for good white males. Yeah, <clears throat> because it's I always true. I've always prided myself on def- defending women, mm-hmm. but some of my language did not line up with the Me Too movement. Right. So I was very confused. I was like, "Wait a minute! In my family, you always uh, held doors open for women, helped women, uh, treated women a little more gentler than you would treat guys." For sure. Um, you would uh, help them carry things, you, you know, and, and none of that was you would to just s- be a gentleman. None of that was to say that they couldn't do it. It no. was just expected in my family, and it was understood that the ladies needed help. Right. The, la- the ladies were the caretaker of the family, so you had to help them. Right. It was more of like a deserved help, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, and yeah. <clears throat> and so so when when women got angry two years ago and stayed angry it was very confusing for me because I always thought I was on their side and apparently some of the ways that I behaved and spoke were not they were not happy with it so just speaking comedically like when you're on stage and some of the older references that I used to make Mm -hmm. have changed you know like uh, I can't think of one example but uh, I know that in 2007, a very well-known female comedian was being harassed, uh, but she didn't know it. Like, they, they were all, uh, the comedians were gathered uh, side, beside the stage waiting to go on, and uh, they were making sexual remarks about her. I said, hey, come on, guys, that's fucking bullshit, man. She's a professional. Like, she's yeah. fucking better than you guys, so shut the fuck up, right? right. And they all acted like I just farted you know they right, gave me that yeah. face they're like oh yeah. yeah fuck you pal like what are you some sort of cock woman yeah yeah whatever and so I was like no like I respect her I really do yeah. and that was in 2007 so that's me like I've always had so much respect for ladies and it's like I don't know what the fuck I mean yes there are bad men and I guess it's been really bad for a long time but uh like like, like Bill like people, Bill like right? Bill like Bill Burr said, I think they got everybody. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's true. Yeah, but honestly, man, it's just there's bad people in general, and like yeah. that's where there's a issue with so many movements. Like what happened? What happens to a rapist when he goes to prison? You know what I mean? They, yeah. Or a child molester, or yeah, they you know, get they, they get they get, they get killed or hurt. Yeah. You know. And, uh, yeah, so there's a, a real sense of justice. I guess that's why I like comedy. There's just, it, it seems like, you know, uh, the most fair exchange. You know, if you're funny, they'll laugh. You know, how do you, uh, 
how do you feel about all of the language that that people are arguing about? What, what do you feel like that? I, I don't know. I was what I was about to say a, a couple minutes back was like, uh, there's just bad people. Right? Yeah, I don't think it's segregated down to bad men, bad women. Mm. You know, it's just like there's all kinds of people are bad, no matter what you are, right? So when they go, you know, like, for example, when, um, I shouldn't even be bringing this up, but like, <laughs> right, you get caught in this, but like, I, I just felt like for a moment there, there was like, oh, well, gay people can't be bad people. Trans people can't be bad. Feminists can't be bad That's people. very dangerous. Right. And, yeah. And you're like, to well, assume that. Yeah. And it's just like, well, that's not true. And it's just like, and if, everybody gets treated equally and that's what we're fighting for then everybody gets treated equally so and when you see people only going after like straight white males or just males you're kind of like guys well it's the same on the other side of the fucking yeah, like fence. like caitlin jenner ran over someone with a car and no one did anything about it <laughs> and that pissed me off it's just yeah. like just because uh she stands for all these things doesn't make her a good person yeah yeah you know you kill somebody yeah. You're a fucking shitty person. So before you murder someone, cut your dick off. <clears throat> right? And identify and as like, a female. What, yeah, it's like, what are we saying? <laughs> right? Exactly. It's like, what are I'm we gonna saying? I'm going to go home, beat the shit out of my wife, and when they come to arrest me, I'm going to show them my pussy. Yeah. I'm going to be like, guys, come on. Uh, identify right. as yeah. a... <laughs> you can't arrest her. She used to be him. That's right. And, and that's not right. You know, it's yeah. like, even like any celebrities that get special treatment, all, all that kind of stuff, it's bullshit. I, I hate it. Um, and I just that's why, use... Again, that's why I love the escape of comedy. Yeah. Well, because in the end of the day, it's like, we're just trying to fucking relax. Like, life's so short and quick. It's like, what are we worrying about? Like, we're fighting these things that might not matter in 10 years or yeah. 20 years or whatever. You know, it's like the, the earth might not exist in 100 years. What are you freaking out about? Because when we sit across from each other as people and we're so much different, you know, whether it's our race or religion or whatever it is... Yeah. If you're sitting with me in a in a hotel boardroom doing a podcast, yeah. I guarantee we're gonna have a laugh. We're gonna talk. Yeah. We're gonna have. You know what I mean? Like you and I couldn't be more different. You're Italian. Yeah. You grew up in a city. Yeah. Uh, I'm uh, whatever I am, and I grew up in a rural yeah. environment. Yeah. yeah. But uh, we still find lots of common ground. We still yeah. laugh. And you know I feel I mean? like everybody can do that. And like, uh, absolutely. And there's so many good TV shows that emulate that. And then when people sit there and go, "Oh, he's white." I don't like him, or he's black, I don't like him, he's brown, I don't like him, or she's whatever. You're like, that's just dumb. Yeah. People are people. Like, the the, the color, the identification doesn't fucking matter. It's yeah. Like, so there's good and bad on both sides. I assume a lot of people are assholes, no matter what. For sure, yeah. Well, because, like, I'm a negative breed person so many more assholes than good people, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, I, so it I sounds know. like you grew up around a lot of good people. Yeah, that that's true. And, I mean, for what I knew, right? Like, you're, it's very surface level when you're a kid, right? And then you grow up, and when you really dive deeper, like, oh, that guy's actually an alcoholic. That guy's actually a prick. Uh, isn't that awful when you find well, that shit out? You find out, like, all these yeah. things. You're like, oh, I shouldn't have ever looked up to those people. Or whatever, right? But then you start taking everything with a grain of salt, and then you become your own individual, and you just have to pick and choose what you were learning and why and all that shit, right? My dad was, uh, I guess, according to some, an alcoholic, according to other people who seemed to like dad more. Yeah. He liked his beer. Right. Very different vibe when someone says... Oh, he was quite an alcoholic. Right. Versus, I li he liked his beer. Right. 
you got two different opinions on the same kind of yeah, right exactly so yeah. maybe daddy wasn't as you know as uh, upstanding as I pr- portray him in my mind right you know yeah what I mean? and when you yeah I noticed that when you become an adult all the people you held up here Yes. You start to see like, oh, okay. They Society's start doing that with celebrities right now. Yeah. yeah. They're going, holy shit, maybe next time I buy Jell-O, yeah. I'm going to think twice about who I'm supporting exactly, here. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> it's true. 